Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Jim, Jim, Jim. Yes. I, I, I heard you I heard you get a tool you want to tell me about. Uh, what? A tool? Well, yeah. Um, we have a customer review on iTunes, and I just wanted to read it. So I'm going to leave one of the words out because it is a derogatory term towards people, uh, little people, but I'll just replace it. So anyway, our first customer review, which I just love because, hey, a review is a review, and I want to thank the person sincerely for this. We are two idiots. Oh, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah. Quoted. Two idiots that think they're knowledgeable. It's like when a metal little person stands <laughs> next to a smart car. You ain't tall. You just clever. I want to thank the person for their um, vocabulary. Their yeah, wonderful. Of, yeah, their use of a derogatory term. And uh, the fact that they don't know how to make a con- coherent sentence or a coherent argument. But... That now I'm again, you might think that I'm being that I'm taking this personal. I'm not. It's not personal. It's not personal. This is a podcast. And just like if I you came to my house for Thanksgiving dinner and I put cranberry sauce in your plate, you might go, ew, that's not homemade. Well, I prefer it from a can. And if it doesn't have the little (laughs) the little indentations that notes that it came from a can, I don't want it. I don't want homemade cranberry sauce. I'm telling you because we're 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 recording this before Thanksgiving. So I wanted to tell everybody that gobble, I am going to have canned cranberry sauce, even though I'm going to Crackle Barrel. So if they don't have canned cranberry sauce, they can keep it. But yeah. hey, it's twelve dollars a person on Thanksgiving, so I'm going. Oh. Hey, Cracker Barrel's awesome, man. Like I, I, if I didn't have family to go to, I would be going to Cracker Barrel myself. Mm. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, hater, uh, derogatory terminology. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I, I do have to. I do have to mention that uh, I may or may not have posted a review that may have may not have uh, called out some other people. I did go back. Actually, I take it back, Jim. I didn't tell you this story yet. So I oh. thought I had posted the review that referred to another podcast. It turns out it was my wife, and so Ooh. I went to go adjust the review, and I realized, wait a minute, that isn't the one I posted. And I, I, she was sitting in the in the chair next to me, and I said, "Hey, I said, who wrote this review? Because it had my name on it, my YouTube account name." And she goes, <laughs> "She goes, I wrote that one. I told you." And I said, "When? When did you tell me this?" And I had already apologized to some people associated with the other podcast for posting it. So now I look like I'm completely insane or making it up, which I don't know. But anyway, so. Both reviews got changed. Uh, I wanted to apologize to that podcast. I'm not going to mention their name. They 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 know who they are because they got a personal apology from me. But um, well, I'm yeah. going to mention their name right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. A lot of people think that we are a spinoff podcast. We are not. We are a podcast. I I've, I've been working on this for almost two years, and it may not seem like it as ridiculously. And, we have and, a um, load of topics. I've and, seen the yeah, sheet because because I'm standing next to a smart car right now, but. Um, <laughs> and I am short, so I, I didn't appreciate it on that I'm level. Short too. I, yeah, I am very, I am a short person and I didn't take that very well, but that was, that was just that word. And that's, that's fine. Clients of Randy Newman. Yeah. And, and yeah, Randy Newman's song in the seventies <laughs> whatever it was, didn't do me much good either. But anyway, I just wanted to say that, um, where the heck was I going with this? Oh, so we are not a spinoff, but I will mention the people that, that, um, we have been associated with and continue to be with associated with. Well, I think they also, I, I wouldn't say we're a spinoff. Absolutely not. But we are empowered. Like yes. we've seen what, what's going on with some of these other podcasts and realize that like, Hey, you know, we have a voice too. Right. And we have a completely different voice. The flipping flippers. I want to mention them because if you're interested in talking about flipping, um, gear, those guys are or anything probably, really they'll, they'll flip whatever right that's uh that's esteban and is justin in there or is that uh i believe it's justin is justin? the other host yep I, I can't recall offhand it's been a while since i've listened we're gonna Sorry, we're guys. gonna put links uh to these podcasts and i'll put them in the show notes oh absolutely 
I also want to give a shout out to 60 Cycle Slum because, uh, or no, they're, now they're called the, the, Gear, the Gear Slum. Slum. They began nice as out. the 60 nice Cycle out. Slum, right? They got a cease and desist. They were a pot. Yeah, they got a fake cease and desist. It was pretty funny. Um, the whole fallout thing was pretty hilarious. Um, again, we are not in their vein. They are a completely different um, they're format. Guitar the- they're a guitar-themed p- comedy podcast. Right, and, and they do a great job with it. Yeah. So if you're looking for some, if you're looking for some laughs, some inside jokes, and some community uh, that that has that, that definitely a place to go. Um, and the folks, Aaron, uh, Cole, and uh, Phil, do a fantastic job of keeping the laughs rolling, and the and the community as well. And lastly, Sixty Cycle Hum uh, is another one uh, that I'd like to shout out because they're they're kind of you know that podcast that. They they talk about gear. They also talk about Craigslists and different things. They have a completely oh, yeah. cool format. They have a different format. And actually, I love that one of the things I love about their show is the uh, Craigslist ads. It keeps me coming oh, back. That so stuff fun. is hysterical sometimes. <laughs> I said it one today. I hope it gets read on the show. We'll have to talk about it later. Yeah, those are those are so funny, so funny. And we we are not that. We are we are here to give you practical advice. Number one, number two, to do interviews. Um, our music in our women in music um, segment, which will continue next month. We have our interview already set up. Um, and uh, I hope to have our January interview set up so that uh, I can get that in the bag before um, yeah. Christmas. Uh, but um, those are those are incredible. And uh, one of the things we're trying to do is give women a, um, a voice. So and we don't focus on gear as much, I think. I mean, we do talk right. about gear. It's it's a crucial component of being a musician. I mean, any musician, even if you're a trumpet player, you have different trumpets or whatever. Oh, yeah, reeds uh, and Mouthpieces. And, right. But point is, uh, a lot of these other podca- pod, uh, podcasts, wow, uh, a lot of these other podcasts are based around uh, the gear world. And that's okay. Like, I like gear. I'm, I'm actually a bit of a gear nut, gear nerd myself. Uh, I'm trying to back away from that. <laughs> it's it's not helping my wallet, but uh, yeah. Uh, that being said, um, me either. I was looking at my budget for the end of the year. <laughs> that being said, uh, the other thing we have that these other podcasts don't have is we're fueled by Death Wish. That is correct. The blackest I, of the black coffee. And again, I'm going to put this up to the camera, even though you guys can't see it, because if we ever put these videos up, which I got to get them, these are, so are cool. all on video. There it is, the Death Wish podcast uh, cup. I was up there in the Albany area, Albany, New York, by the way, not Albany, Georgia. And uh, I'm trying to set up a visit. So be that as it may, um, we are not your uh, everyday podcast. That's for sure. So if we are not knowledgeable and if we are um, mental morons, then, uh, well, tune into somebody else. We've given you three other ones. I'm sure that uh, Wobbler. Wampler has a great podcast. I hope that we are so bad that we are a train wreck that you cannot look away from. <laughs> yes, we want to be that. We want to be that bloody corpse on the side of the road. <laughs> You're driving by the accident. And you go, oh my god, I can't believe I see yeah. this. They I didn't put a sheet over him yet. <laughs> I can't unhear these guys. They're awful. Wonderful. Oh my god! It's hey, fine. Hear I my can dogs, live with it. Uh, jingling. Believe me, <laughs> I, I've lived with a lot worse. I can live with this. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I was married. Anyway, oh wow! No, I am married. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my wife is not listening to me. I love her very much. By the way, 32 years we've been married, and uh, uh, in November, actually, this, yeah, this month was 32 years, and um, we uh, we started dating in December of 1981. So she has put up with my moronic rear end uh, for that many years. Nice. <laughs> so nice. we we want to talk about other tools. Um, and <laughs> there are so many tools that we're going to talk about learning tools and so many ways of learning, you know, uh, so I'm going to come, I'm going to come from the old man era. You're going to come from the new man era. Um, right. and by the way, folks, when you hear us, we, we play devil's advocate all the time. We have to play devil's advocate. If you don't play devil's advocate, you're not giving equal time to each side of things. And that is important to us because we don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. We're not going to try to say, oh, yeah, and this is the one learning tool that's best. We just want to present some. Hell, I don't even know how to use some of them yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to learn. 
That's obvious because I'm not standing next to a small car. Yeah. Anyway, um, or am I standing next to a small car? Your, your I, car is smarter than you. <laughs> I have no, I have no verbs in my sentence. Just clever. Anyway, um, so let's start right off with. I'm going to go with the uh, the older ways. And the older ways was you picked up a guitar and you went to a teacher and and that teacher was probably some guy that or woman that uh, learned uh, to play jazz or you know, blues. If and you're lucky. They, and to them, disco was, um, and, uh, even, even somebody like Jimi Hendrix was, Oh, Jimi Hendrix. No way. You didn't want to learn that. You want to learn this, this way of doing things. So you learn scales. And let me tell you something it was boring as heck. Um, I do have a horror story, which I won't bring up this time because it's one of those personal things, but <clears throat> it had to do with my, the reason that I did not, uh, get lessons one-on-one for a while <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was bad and um it wasn't bad in a good way it wasn't bad in a um, unfortunately in a way that that people could laugh at but it is a way that that has been in the news a lot lately so um anyway so be that as it may um i had a teacher that that totally turned me off to uh going to personally and i had to I would go to friends and, and one of the biggest ways to learn was to jam and you would, yep. you know, I learned how to pick scrape accidentally. I was watching, um, uh, Ario Speedwagon and they were doing, take it on the run. And he, Gary Richrath went, you know, and I went, Oh, that's how he's doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's how late it was and that's how long it took me to learn it. Um, in, in reference to my age. So, um, I thought you were supposed to do, I thought they were scraping their nails down the, <laughs> I guess it was the same effect, but he was using his pick. I went, oh, you use your That's pick. That's the classical way you do it. Uh, yeah, the classical way. On nylon <laughs> strings. Pick scraping on nylon strings. And that was the other thing. I, I played on nylon string for a long time, which was just awful for me. It was just awful. Hated yeah, it. now now though, like I want to go, I want to go and actually play nylon strings. So. But it required you to get your guitar out. I mean, I lived in upstate New York, so it yeah. Tutored every time you play it. Yep. And Freezing cold. You had to drive to the place. You had to take your instrument out. Your parents dropped you off. <clears throat> and they came back. And they expected you to be really super knowledgeable. And so when you were sitting in your room playing... They were like, you don't know anything else? Oh, this is what they taught me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I can remember that stuff. Uh, I had a similar experience when I, when I started lessons... Uh, Actually, the, when I got my first guitar, I bought it from a, sh a store that no longer exists called Marco Music in uh, Bloomingdale, Illinois. And uh, I actually got it as a reward for grades and whatnot. I think maybe I talked about it in the first episode. But anyway. Um, Please I was tell required... us more about your awards, Dave. Yeah. What, what award? Uh, reward, maybe. Um, so they gave me the guitar. They Part of the, the deal was I had to take lessons from the store where I bought it. Uh, I believe I actually got free lessons for buying the guitar there too. Uh, I got six free lessons. I met a man named uh, Louis Rodriguez, who was my teacher. Uh, I still talk to Louis uh, today. I stopped lessons with him only a few years ago. Um, actually, it was kind of interesting because I, I got a book. And then that was like uh, – I think it was the Ernie Ball like Beginner's Guide to Electric Guitar or something like that. For and, me, it was uh, the Hal Leonard um, I think music method or something like that back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's common too. Uh, but basically, this book had like six or seven chords in it, and it had, I don't even think it had a pentatonic scale in it, to be honest with you. It was your basic chords. And so they sat me down, or he sat me down the first time, and we went through like five of the chords. Or I don't even think it was five of them. I think we went through like three of them in the class. And then once I understood how the diagrams work, I went home and I figured out the rest of the book. And then I came back in to the next lesson, and I had the whole thing worked out, and we started flipping pages. And he's like, can you play this chord? And I was like, yeah, play the chord. And um, I had pretty much at that point gotten the chords pretty well worked out. Uh, we worked through a couple of the songs in the back of the book. And uh, by lesson three, when uh, he came out to talk to my parents uh, about what book they should be getting next, he said, I don't want him to get a book. He said he does not need a book. He's like he is going to learn – uh, my ear with me. So I think he sensed that that's what I wanted to do. And I think he was very astute in just saying that this kid's got the drive. Like he took the book home. It was working off the written page and just went for it. 
And so within six weeks, we were jamming, and uh, I learned like pentatonic scale and the uh, uh, harmonic minor and melodic minor, and then later the major scale when I could stretch, and then I learned all the bar chords and all that stuff. But I mean, this was all in a six or seven month period. I mean, I just had like a stellar rapport with this guy and got through so much material so quickly. Um, I was I was in a band within a year, and we were playing shows with you know several people from from my uh, my graduating class and slightly younger, and we were actually like selling tickets and stuff. So uh, that being said, I just I was fortunate to pick it up quickly. Um, there's still a lot of refinement going on, so. Obviously, I'm paying attention to this tools discussion because uh, I need to, I need to refine a lot of things. That was, you know, 50 plus years ago, and though I progressed quite a bit, uh, there's still always room for improvement. You know, so we talk about those things, and there are still people, there are still uh, musicians and uh, um, uh, instructors who that's what they do. They sit down and they teach theory. I try to, I try to apply theory to my students. So if a student says, "Hey, I want to learn," Uh, X, Y, and Z, uh, I'd say, okay, pick a song you'd like to learn, even if it's difficult, because, uh, and I, I mean way over their head. I got a student that can barely keep um, really good time, and he wants to learn um, a Scorpion song, and I'm like, you know what, that, let's work on, that's what I do. I say, okay, let's work on the timing, and let's work on the, um, let's work on the chords, and then let's work on the solo, but why does the solo work within the song, and you know, with a lot of those older songs, well, where are the mistakes? We, can, I can show you the mistakes because now you can say, okay, see that? Probably didn't mean to meant, um, play that note in there, but just like every good musician, when you play a bad note, what do you do? You're sick with it. That's right. You play it again and you make it work. <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> so uh, that's, um, that's one of the things I do. So tools have changed over the years. I mean, we, uh, I think you're probably old enough too that YouTube as a tool it did not exist when i started or if it did it was so fledgling that nobody was on it and there are so many instruction sites now people are willing to share so much on youtube when i grew up there was no way i could go to my guitar heroes and say give me a lesson you can go online take a lesson with joe satriani Sure. For a and, relatively uh, reasonable price when you think about who it is. You can go you can go do and this might be the, the best kept secret. It's not really a secret, but a lot of people a lot of people know this. If you want to learn to play rock guitar and you're just starting out, you can go to Paul Gilbert's online rock school, which is yep. through Artist Works, and you can pay two hundred and sixty five bucks a year to actually like Get all of his lesson material that he has there, which is a ton of stuff. Everything. 400, 400 different lessons. He's put that, put together his most complete curriculum he's ever done, and you can literally pass your instructor videos if you're playing so he can – so Paul himself can look at your video and determine what you need to make you a better player. That's right. And, and for the two – It doesn't get cooler than that. That's not a one-on-one, yeah. although I think for not much more or less, you can get into a one a single one-on-one with Paul Gilbert. But the thing is that um, here's here's the thing that, that I want to say about that. I, I tend to use that a lot, by the way. I need to blank that out. So I'll go back to that 1840. Yeah, I got some other phrases I use all the time too. Some, some <laughs> of them are four-letter words. Fuck. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Paul uh. Gilbert thing. A lot of people think of Paul Gilbert and they think of the guy that's up there, you know, Mr. Big and everything else. And they're like, and. They don't think about the fact that that man is a walking jukebox. He'll pull out oh, and yeah, go, he he'll play the Carpenters. Yep. And, and not with a style. He'll play the Carpenters true to form just the way they did it. He'll play the Doobie Brothers true to Usually form. Usually from memory, too. From memory, exactly. He'll go, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I watched him do a Michael McDonald thing, and I thought, and then, of course, he tried to do the Michael McDonald voice, which was hilarious. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, rock, rock, rock. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So I just did the math. Yep. If it, I believe it's two hundred and sixty-nine dollars a year. That's like yeah. five bucks a week. That's a, that is incredible. To and to have a video. If you upload a video, I think he Paul responds Gilbert, via video. Yeah, he responds. He looks at it. He sees it, and he goes, "This is what you need to work on." Satriani does the same thing, by the way. He has that. My, if my wife's listening to this, she can get me a uh, 
uh, subscription to his service next year, and I would be very grateful. Oh, I would. Merry I would Christmas. So I would so love that. But there are people like, um, uh, you know, like him. There's also um, people we mentioned them: Jared Dines, Stevie T, Music yeah. Twin, Tyler Larson. Um, a lot of these folks provide lessons online. I have a friend of mine that takes lessons from uh, Chris. Uh, oh, what's his last name? Anyway, Greg Cock does it. Yeah, Greg Cock does. That's right. And Cock has an amplifier coming out next week. Yeah, I'm interested. Or next, am... not next week. I'm sorry, next year from Cock Amplification. I mean, they spell it the same way, K-O-C-H. So he was in Germany showing it off, but they don't have um, – there's a bunch of switching they didn't have in place yet for the de- – the, um, you know, the the amp that he was showing, the demo. I'm highly interested. I got to see this thing. Oh, it's incredible. But anyway, um, getting uh, um, on track, Greg Koch, uh, uh Steve – I don't know if Steve Vai has that. But no, I, do know I, don't, that th- he I does... don't think he does it. But you could do uh, – whenever he does he's in town, he usually – well, whenever he's in town, he also does master classes. Yep. So you can always pay a little bit extra money to go to his concert, and you can sit in for a master class, which is very cool. Because uh, guys like him, I, I think you know, as incredible as incredible as a player he is, and as good as an instructor as he may be, I think it's more interesting to get the life advice. Yep. And uh, the storytelling, because those are the kinds of things that really affect you and you you carry with you. Absolutely. And you know, um, uh, speaking directly to that, by the way. Um, with uh, Steve Vai and those guys, one of my bucket list things, and I'm hoping to be able to save up in a couple of years to do this, uh, is to go to the Joe Satriani uh, experience where you like stay in Long Island and you you have breakfast with them and you play. And if you pay enough, you get the Satriani uh, signature guitar you take home with his real signature on it and everything else. That, I'm a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of guitar instrumental. You and I both know from private uh, conversations that that is. Well, not yeah, but favorite. that but that surfing with the alien record is so big for so many people. No. I'm I'm not a fan of it personally, but like I know I that that rejuvenated uh, instrumental guitar. Yep. There's very few records even after that. I mean, there's right. what, Passion and Warfare. You've got Passion and Warfare. You've got um, what was Ingwe's Ingwe's uh, album Allied Forces. Um, no, uh, you're you're talking about Rising Force. Rising Force, thank you. Rising yeah, Force. Uh, You've got um, very few uh, guitar-related, um, you know, like you said, instrumental. Yeah, it's a big shock. Us two dad rockers, and we like don't really like all that much instrumental rock. No, no, I'm not a big fan. I can respect the player. Yeah, me too. But... I'm just not, you know. Don't give me Grateful Dead, please. And, oh no, here <laughs> comes that's the not even, and that's not even instrumental, man. I know, but to me it is. <laughs> well, might as well be. I've been to, you know. Here's the thing, guys. I've been to many Grateful Dead shows, and I can't, still can't stand them. I can't stand. But the, but going to see the Grateful Dead is like going to see, um, who is it? Jimmy Buffett. It's it's a party. It's an experience, yeah. right? What was you know who, you know the heavy metal uh, Jimmy Buffett is, uh, yeah. It's uh, Red Rocker Sammy Hagar. Yeah, <laughs> he's yep. he. I, I've never been to one of his shows. It's like the same deal. Oh, it is. It's it's just a total party, and it's people with the big you know Cabo tequila and all that. It's <laughs> I, it's literally like, hey, look at me, you know, I'm it, I'm it, Sammy Hagar. Like I don't know a lick of his music, but yep, he's a brand. Yeah. I mean, he wrote the only reason I knew of Sandy ha- Sammy Hagar growing up was because he drove. He wrote "I Can't Drive 55" because he was driving back from uh, Lake Placid where the Olympics were. What about Holland Heavy Metal, man? Yeah, and he said he he got a ticket and he told the cop, "I can't drive 65." And his wife said, "That's a great idea for a song or something like that." He either he came up with it, but he was in his in the car with his wife coming back from Lake Placid, going down 87. I can't just, drive 55. Since we're talking about him, just a tidbit, he owns a very, very successful bicycle company. Isn't that and incredible? And he was filthy rich before yes. he ever started playing music. So. Yes. You know who You know who else, um, uh, getting off topic, so we'll go right back to it, but you know uh, Michael Nesmith? Do you, have you heard of him? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard of him. Okay, the old guys would know him as one of the monkeys. He was um, right. Mike on the monkeys. His mother invented... Um, the, uh, uh, she's the one that came up with, um, was it post-it notes? 
Yeah, yeah, I remember something like that. Blue for post-it notes. Something like that. She was like it was stationary or something. Yeah, I want to say it was post-it notes. But anyway, he had money. He had money coming in before he even joined the joined the band. It's funny because everybody made fun of them because oh, they're they're you know they're made up musicians and actually uh, they were just like everybody else. They were miming parts. Um, and it was yeah. the uh, it was the producer's um, uh, decision not to let them play their instruments on the first two records. Right, right. It wasn't that they couldn't play or sing. It was just that they weren't. The producers wanted a hired gun because they felt that it would be easier to get the work done. Absolutely. So getting back to our because we yeah, are. Let's talk, let's, this is the tool cast. Don't right. forget. Tool, tool cast. cast. We are mentally we are standing next to a smart car. So anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So now you've got you've got that, and I again I get back to that Skype lesson. Wow, that's just I would have had to drive hundreds of miles to a city to get a lesson that people can take. Now, Judy Rodman was talking about the fact that she gives lessons to people in India. She's giving lessons to people in Japan, Indonesia, vocal lessons of all things. Like it's not like you could see their fingers moving up and down the neck and determine if they're where they're making a mistake. Like you have to assume that you know how their posture is and where they're tightening and everything. Absolutely. And she's able to go, you know what? You need to work on this. Here's a breathing technique and so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Skype lessons. I mean, I, the first guy I heard doing it was Rob Chapman actually, uh, which kind of makes sense. I mean, he's, he's like embroiled in, in guitar technology and all that. Uh, don't know that I necessarily want to take lessons from him, but, uh, that's, you know, to each his own, like maybe he's, maybe he's an excellent teacher. I'm, right. Right. Just, just if I could go to any celebrity guitar guitarist, I want lessons from, I'm going to Greg Koch. I'm yeah. going to Paul Gilbert. I'm going, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm going to Joe Satriani, you know, I mean, but I'd go to Rabia Massad. Right. That's oh, sure. Rabia. Yeah, I, I believe. Um, he's a he's an incredible musician that that plays with Chapman. Well, the, I think Chapman's okay too. It's just not my style. Yeah. No. No. That's that's the thing. I like his playing. It's just not what I would what I would go after. Now, right. maybe as an instructor, it's a completely different thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, no disrespect to him because we don't know anything about him other than you know this <clears> is what I'm, he usually plays like in his videos. Yeah, but I want to talk to some of the pros and cons of um the and we're gonna go long here because i really want to get to this yeah yeah let's let's make it this a long format there's electronic tools that people are using that have positives and negatives but i'm gonna go back um when i get done with this i'm gonna circle back to one thing and that is you have to play with others you have to have at least somebody look at your stuff watch you play and go here's where you can improve maybe it's because you're not using your pinky Maybe it's because you're not, um, you know, moving up in the fret, down, up and down the fretboard uh, properly. But <clears throat> musician, rocksmith, um, and tools like that. Um, so we both use rocksmith. What do you think of rocksmith? Give me your review. Okay. So I had rocksmith for the Xbox 360. Uh, the peripheral, the plug that actually plugs into the Xbox, the USB uh, converter, fantastic piece of kit for the money. I never had problems with it. I was really shocked. I thought when I got it, oh, I'll eventually break the cable and then I'm going to have to buy another one. It's going to cost me like 40, 50 bucks or whatever. Uh, never had that problem. The only thing I didn't like about the Xbox version was you had to have the external speaker adapter so that you could use, uh, you could use your TV speakers effectively because there was too much delay between the signal coming out of the Xbox and the TV if you're using a digital connection. So you had to you had to have the analog connector. Yeah, HDMI never, was totally useless. Yeah, I never actually used that. I don't think, but I had an adjustment in my TV, and I was able to get it really effective. I was close. I was probably, I would say, fifty milliseconds as opposed to hundred and twenty or two hundred, that which is what I had when I would plug it into other TVs. So I was able to get it manageable. Uh, I did see results from it. I learned a couple of songs with it. Um, however, when I got into Rocksmith, I was already a regular guitar player. So the things that I benefited from it were more or less the fact that I could learn a couple of songs. I didn't really like pick up technique. Uh, it didn't improve my picking style because it doesn't give you any clues as to downstrokes, upstrokes, alternate picking, uh, economy picking, anything like that. 
you had to be real logical if you were having problems with the song, like how to how to isolate what was going on when the pick was getting caught up in the strings. So I think it's a good tool to play around with and to maybe for a beginning musician to uh, start to like refine what they're doing. But definitely, I would say that plus actual instruction from a human being is probably the preferred method. Yeah, I'm going to say this about Rocksmith. First of all, I want to talk to the positives. Um, the Note Highway, for some people, is easier to read than Tablature. But I prefer Tablature. Um, and we can talk about no Tablature versus Notation afterwards. But <clears throat> I prefer Tablature to... Um, I actually, I actually have a third style of notation that I use that I can describe, but I don't think very many other people use it. Yeah, I've used the national numbering system too, but that's a different thing. Oh, yeah, no, no, that, yeah, I mean, I mean, I consider that tablature or, yeah. or fake sheet or whatever. Yeah, you want that's to call what I was going to say. More like a fake book is what ta- uh, right. Nashville numbering is. But um, also, <clears throat> I use um, as far as uh, Rocksmith goes, I like the color coding of the strings. Makes it easier to remember which string is which. Sure. Um, I don't like the fact that there is this pro about, oh, well, let's display the strings, lowest string at the top, highest string at the bottom. Uh, you should flip that because in all reality, if you're going to use any other tool, nobody else is going to show it to you that way. Right. Um, it's actually kind of distracting when you, if you've ever used it. It's pretty jarring. Yeah. Um, but anyway, those are, the, those are the positives I have. And you can actually buy strings. There are string companies now can't remember. I want to say it's the Dario. Yeah, DR was doing it too for a while. DR. And they have the colors coded the same way as the, um, as the Note Highway, so that you can just look down and go red string, blue string, white string. And you almost play like you're playing, what's that game, Twister? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the negatives are there's, there's really no feedback. I mean, they do have some uh, rudimentary uh, instructions that okay for chords strum like this for this like this and these are things that we want you to use and this is our recommended way of reading our our notation is how you would put your this is when we want you to use your pinky and your first finger blah 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 and this is how you put your you know where you put your index finger and then everything else four four frets from there or three frets from there <clears throat> but overall I thought that Rocksmith like you it is a quick way like when I wanted to learn the cars um there was a song I wanted to learn about the cars and oh, the it's, full it's fun note too. for I mean, note solo of my Sharona yeah yeah which Correct. is uh tough to yeah. say the least yeah <laughs> I, I I took that but you know what I did and this is something that for people that use Rocksmith I took I took the um I watched the video and I don't play I just let it run and then I'll pause it and I'll write the tablature <laughs> Just I tab it out and then I play it with the with the thing done, and you know I I have uh, it. And a side note, I have um, another. Well, I'll get to that. So anyway, <clears throat> Rocksmith. Yeah, it's got it's got its pluses and minuses, but for the most part, um, it does have. I don't know if you had 2014. They added a studio mode where you could go in and you could actually record yourself. You could you could play over a backing track. Yeah, um, it has a jam thing too, which is cool. Yep. Uh, I found it to be kind of limiting though because it reacts to you as a player right. instead of you reacting to it, which is more the typical interplay between musicians, uh, musicians in a band. Although it does make you feel like a band leader, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I I would much rather prefer it to be the other way. Yeah, I think you get too. a lot more out of it as a teaching tool. Uh, the arcade games. That's what I was gonna say. Gamification is a huge thing, uh, especially yep. in my field. Uh, I work for an association that does a lot of educational events. And we're always looking for ways to turn things into games because people seem to respond better to it and they learn more from it uh, because it makes them – it convinces them that learning is fun, um, which we all know <laughs> from our years of schooling that that's complete bullshit. <laughs> You're talking uh, to a guy with two bachelor's degree and master's. Yeah, yeah no, schooling is fun. That's right. I, I, I'm aware that sarcasm does not go well over Facebook. Or, or over man, podcast. And I could sure do it on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think our sarcasm comes across very well. No, not at all. Anyway, that being said, uh, God, I gotta stop saying that. Uh, See, <laughs> yeah, and I go. No. I, I always do this. And and one more thing. <laughs> well, all right. So, where were we? Uh, we were talking about uh, sarcasm, ga- gamification. The yes. games in it are actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, my kids actually were playing the games in it, and uh, my my oldest who has a mild interest in guitar. I don't know if she'll actually ever end up picking the instrument full speed uh, because she's just 
she's at that awkward teenage stage where she's like, I don't know that I want to do what my dad does because it's not cool it or whatever. It's not cool. Dad's uh, not cool. It's if not she cool. ever picks it up, I, I'm it's sure that cool. she would get a lot out of Rocksmith. I hope they come out with another edition. Me uh, too. They've said that they're not. They're just going to keep building on the one they have. And as long as they add some features, I think there's some features that are lacking. What they really well, musician is quickly taking market share from them, so I don't know yeah. how it's all going to work. Well, here's the thing, you know, I, I I recommended to them that they should partner, and actually now Guitar World should partner with them, however you want to look at it, so that you take the old and the new and you kind of combine them, so that Guitar World can say, hey, here it is in Rocksmith, and here it is in our tablature. You know, each month. We're doing, you know, a, a thing together yeah. or whatever. Yeah, we used or, to have a deal with uh, – when I was young and, and I was buying Guitar World for the tabs, they used to do a yep. thing with Line 6 Tone Board. Yep. And they also did uh, Pod. Boss. The Pod 2.0 and then the Pod XT. And I think they had Boss later. Yep. yep. Uh, they did all th- four of those products. And you could actually like use their, their preset tones that they described to you in the magazine to get the sounds. Uh, Rocksmith could do a little bit of that for you. Uh, right. So – that's that's kind of cool. Like, I, actually, I think this is the modern equivalent of the Toad Port to me. So, absolutely, and I think that that's a that's a um, a great point. Rocksmith does the thing it doesn't do is it can't duck the original guitar part because they aren't allowed to have what are they called stems? Um, yeah, they, they they only get the original masters, no stems. Right, and so <clears throat> I think that if they partnered with somebody to kind of give you an experience of more feedback. In other words, you know what? We're going to have folks on our staff who also will give you, you you play in front of it. It will record you because, I mean, this is software. Come on, how hard that can, can that be to implement where you just attach a file, which can then be uploaded to them, and then they could give you some feedback and say, hey, you know what? Here's some things we're noticing. Because another thing I'll tell you about um, Rocksmith. I'd work for him. Timing, yeah, me too. Timing-wise, it's not that good at hearing when you're bad. Because I've seen some videos people oh, put yeah. up, and they're like, 100%. And I'm like, that was... That was like enough. a 70%, yes. like at best. You know? <laughs> at best. That was not good. Oh, that's the other thing. So as a player, like we were talking about my development, uh, just as an aside, it, it, Rocksmith, I used it for about six months. Yep. Uh, I would say it didn't really help my rhythmic Dude. development that is my weak point i'm not afraid to admit that i have a lot of problems playing in time especially because i tend to be the guy that wants to go fast you wouldn't uh, know that just... by our intro by the way because that was totally i just want to give you a shout out on that that is totally dave our intro and outro music is is dave 100 he recorded. it's actually one take too uh well i i overdubbed but it's basically one take brag 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 <laughs> bragging it was so easy it was simple uh it was if somebody went to tab for that, let me know and I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> no, it, like I, I'm not. I, maybe I'm a decent player. I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I, I'm always trying to get personal development. And if I feel like I'm growing, then I'm happy. Right. And I just feel like I haven't been growing much rhythmically. And when I was using Rocksmith, I didn't feel like I was growing much rhythmically. No. So no. again, it's it's a nice little shortcut thing. You want some tablature? It's a couple bucks for tab, just like anywhere else. And- it's it's easy to use. Um, musician, yeah. musician does have feedback, and they do have that incorporated. I ha- I haven't used their their stuff. I might actually try it. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I did the free trial. It was good. I I would give it a thumbs up. I think that the the downside is people want to learn well known songs, and they really don't have a deep. It's not like True Fire or what's the other one that uh, was big for a while. Um, where you can get tablature for a really, really well-known song. Do you know what I really dug? And this is a site blast from the past, and I wonder if it still exists. I think it does because I think 60 Cycle just talked about it. There was a site called Guitar Tricks. Yes, Guitar Tricks does exist. As a matter of fact, um, Guitar Nerds is um, uh, what do you call sponsored by? uh, Yeah, and. Dude, that's how I learned to do the Hendrix dive bombs and the uh, where he dive bomb and then he'd make the explosion sound. That's how I learned to tap. All my tapping came from there yep. in the beginning, and I was do I was mad two finger tapping in the very beginning, and then like I've I've since let that languish because I can do a lot more of the pick. But um, 
when I was into that, like I could play some pretty complicated, sophisticated stuff with, with uh, two finger tapping or four finger tapping, <laughs> but which is what I learned to do. But uh, you were a regular yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Uh, actually that was, that's a funny, funny story too. Cause when I, when I picked up a guitar, I was like, I want to learn how to play like that guy that I used to see all the time on MTV when I was a little kid, like three, four years old with two fingers on the, on the, uh, the fretboard. And little did I know, I was probably watching video of Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, so. you could have been, or you could have been watching um, another great two. Uh, Brad Gillis. Brad from, Gillis um, is one. Uh, who's the other guy? Um, Red Beach. Red Beach. Yep. Yeah. Red Beach. Yep. Red Beach. Brad. Um, Brad Gillis. Uh, uh, I love me some wigger. Yep. I'm not afraid to admit it. Van Halen, but Brad. Brad took it to another level because you know they were like. They, Eddie Van Halen was like, with, with this hand. And then Brad goes, you know what? I'm going to do it with four fingers on each. I'm going to do eight finger tapping here. And, you know, so you got that song, um, uh, the, Night uh, Ranger, uh, Still Rockin' America. Who's the dude from, uh, there was a, there was a jazz player, Stanley Jordan. Yeah. He's the, he's a two finger monster too. Yep. Uh, but anyway, yeah, go on. Yep. So <clears throat> the tools are, the tools are out there. They're, they're great to use. Um, and, but I, I can say this, I, I cannot, as, although I'm not a fan of jam bands in general, I don't want to buy their records. You, you want to play in a group. You, and if that just means two dudes sitting around. like Exactly. Even if it's just two dudes sitting in a room, jamming. That's so, dude, we were inclusive there. Two, two people. Yes, I'm sorry. People. Yes, that that is absolutely, that was absolutely. I would, I would um, love it if my wife would play this. Uh, I wish I was fifty something drum, years old because I, I use those words. Somewhere. I use those words generically, you know. Because I, I'm older and I do need to better uh, improve my use of the of um, more inclusive pronouns. So, um, yeah, two two people I'll, sitting I'll, I'll in a room, or in a jam community where there's a group of folks that are jamming together. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like I'm. I've been telling Jim I, I need to get out and play more with other people. And so my big thing this winter is going to be to go to jam nights and uh, open mics. So – and that's because I, there's so much value. It, not just for getting up in front of people but just saying, hey, look, I'm going to get into your groove and we're going to be in the pocket together. Right. You learn so much humanity in a jam session and jam setting. <clears throat> when whether it's your bandmates and you get together during a practice session or rehearsal, if you want to call it that, that's what you call it. Um, or if you get together, cause you should practice alone, rehearse together. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, because you want to learn before you get in that room. But, but there's also, you know, like the thing you're doing with the guitar resource collective. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing. I had, I played a bossa nova for the first time ever. Just force somebody to like, Hey, that get out awful. of your box, get out of your sandbox. It was awful in that. It was what awful I did. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I did something. I, I was awful. But then again, that took me so completely out of my rhythmic and, and no choice, uh, you know, the wheelhouse. Uh, it, it was that's great. How, that's how we do it. Hey, since we're talking about tools, maybe we should talk about the Guitar Resource Collective. That's true. Uh, Facebook is a, a wonderful tool for information. It's also a wonderful tool for trolling and all that fun stuff, too. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> You could go to Facebook and you could join a musicians resource group, Guitar Resource Collective, for example. And yes. uh, there are various articles and people share tab and they talk about their gigging experiences and all these things. And I mean, I, I can't even stress to you, when I was starting out in guitar back in the early 2000s, none of this existed. I mean, there was like BBS right. and stuff. You could go and find forums. Harmony yeah. Central existed. But you didn't know if those people were really doing what they said they were doing. In a lot of cases, they weren't. Even now, we don't know. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I if I have to hear another guy talk about his dumbbell. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, there's only uh, there's only like 130 of them. Like, chances yeah, are you don't have one. Somehow, 200,000 people have played them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was in my, it was in my shop in Fairfield, Texas. You know, like I saw one when I was driving down the road, <laughs> so I have experience. <clears throat> Yeah, there, I, I, <laughs> there's not even gonna go there. Yep, but anyway, that you're right. And the Guitar Resource Collective is a place where what your objective is in that in that page is to or that group is to allow people not only to share 
videos of themselves, but share videos of things that are learning opportunities. Yeah, share, share materials you find on on uh, YouTube for free or whatever. I mean, the main thing, the reason we started getting the videos and the jams actually was to get people more involved and to and to open people up a little bit so that they would all communicate more. But I think the jams have given us this wonderful opportunity to share a video of you playing and then get feedback from other people. And these people don't necessarily have to like you. So the nice thing about it is, yes, we do have a very positive environment. We force a positive environment. If you're not going to be positive, you're going to get kicked out. That being said, we, we encourage this constructive criticism because if you're getting this criticism from a complete stranger, it's not your buddy. It's not your wife. It's not your parents that showed up at the show. It's somebody who actually doesn't legitimately have any love or hate of what you're doing. And then they can objectively sit there and they can say, you know, your picking's off, your rhythm's off. Uh, etc. Like that's that's a wonderful thing. If you if you haven't thought about that, that's a great way to do it. Now I know there are still people out there who are concerned about putting copyright their own copyrighted music up there. Um, I don't worry about that stuff. I mean, if you really want to rip me off, it's on Facebook. I I, I played it. You ripped it off. That's good enough for me. That's right. And um, anybody that wants to buy the intro or outro to the guitar. Um, the Practical Guitarist podcast can contact David Hill at no. Um, yeah, I need a revenue stream. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I want to get because we should probably wrap this up. We're at forty-five minutes now. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say that there's so many things, but the biggest way for you to learn is to play with other people. Take the time to sit down. We're we are becoming. For some reason, this is a world, and I know this is a completely different topic, but I'm going to do it very, very simplistically and say we're in a world of social media that's so unsociable. We're in a group of, we are living in a world where people can walk into a room, not talk to anyone, not communicate with anyone, yeah. and somehow they think they're communicating with the world. And I'm tired of your pictures of your 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 salads and everything else. I don't care about your unboxing video. I don't I care about anything else. Salad. That's right. An unboxing video and 12 guitars hanging on the wall behind you does not make you a better guitar player. We've all been in that room where the guy walks in or the gal walks in with $15,000 worth of equipment, sets it up, and can't play two notes coherently. So don't brag. Because yeah. some of yeah. the greatest musicians in the world, I'll, I'll name one, Brian May. That yeah. guitar that's been his primary guitar from day one and nobody can stolen. replicate for any amount of money in the world was built on a shoot, literally a shoestring budget with junk. Junk yep. they were throwing out. A piece of wood that came from a, a fireplace, you know, a... a the pickups that were pulled from a, a garbage guitar, yeah. literally junk. It's the most famous guitar that you can think of. Yeah, I think that the tremolo spring is from a from a motorcycle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man. Okay, uh, I'm off my podcast. I'm off my. Uh, I mean, my soapbox. Sorry. Yeah, I, it's fine. I tend to be the guy that's a lot more open to people, you know, bragging and whatnot. Well, I, don't, um, I don't mind the bragging. This is the thing I don't. I I don't like. Okay, I'm going to say it because this is a social thing and people can run their hate mail by me. This is the thing I don't like. You unbox a, a, a thing. Okay, great. I just watched because uh, I was trying to see the back of um, a 100 Marshall code. Marshall yeah. code, right? All I wanted to do was verify it with a hole in the back. Because Marshall doesn't have any pictures of the back of this thing. It's almost like there's a copyright ban. On the back of that amplifier, right? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I don't ridiculous. think anybody actually owns one. Is what it, it, is. it would probably be find easier to find naked pictures of a celebrity than it is to find pictures of the back of an amplifier. It would be easier to find naked pictures of Bigfoot, or the queen, or it, the Queen of England. Exactly. Well, well, wait, uh, if that's your thing, I don't know. That's it's okay. Um, my my English accent's awful, yeah. but um, that my point is. <clears throat> It's okay to have great gear. And that's the thing, though. There are people that put people down for that. I'm not putting people down for it. What I'm saying is you don't have to have great – you don't have to have the most expensive, the newest, the best, the most exciting gear to make it work. But that doesn't mean – I'm not Joe Bonamassa and I'm not going to go, but, you know, you're a junk guitar player if you do. No. It's, it's actually that 
Your thing is your thing. Yeah, I know. I know. Look at your look at your two. The ethos and his, and his two brothers yeah, thing. You guys or, can't even tell what I'm pulling up right here. I got ethos overdrive in my hand, and yep. I got a uh, Chase Bliss brothers in the other hand. So yeah, I'm just kind of making Jim laugh. Yeah, and and again, I mean, come on, I just bought a Strymon, my first foray into that. I I own yeah, Paul Reed Smiths. I'm just saying that when it comes to this thing, you know, we we need to be more open to. Whatever you bring to the table is good enough. It's your thing, and that's why I asked you to be a part of this band. I'm not a part of I'm not a part of Retrosonic because the other guitar player owns this piece of equipment or that piece of equipment. <laughs> Matter of fact, he can't tell you me. Imagine. He had to ask me. He goes, Jim, how do I use my you know how do I use my uh, compressor in a better way to make my healing or uh, my new HK uh, Hughes and Kettner um, amplifier sound better when I go to the drive table? So. It's just like, hey, hey, Jim, you got a PAC, therefore you must be the singer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, the guy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So that's the thing, you know. Let's not put down the person for their choices of equipment. Yeah, uh, that's a central theme of uh, sixty cycle hum too. It's like being okay with you know using Boss pedals or Dan Electro pedals. Exactly. I, I, they have a saying over there, and uh, I think it applies here. There's no such thing as bad tone, only inappropriate tone. So yeah. everything has a use. You just have to know how to use it. Right. I mean, my favorite tremolo pedal is still my little tuna melt from Dan Electro. Yeah. All right. I love that little thing. And I got it for like sniffer. $12 used. Yeah. I don't think either of us are really cork sniffers. I mean, I've had some cork-friendly pedals. Sure, yeah. my, my cork smells pretty good, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that said, guys, I know we, we got off tangent there at the end, but I hope hey, you, it was fun. Come on. I hope you all enjoyed uh, all of you enjoyed uh, this podcast. And again, fueled by Death Wish it is fueled by Death Wish Coffee. Oh, by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, the Deathcast, it's a podcast. If oh, you don't yeah. if you're willing to venture outside of guitar podcasts, Deathcast Ew. is really cool. I I up on it and i really really like it yeah yeah they they attack some things uh the flat earth folks and the that's some <laughs> funny shit on there but they always go with it they always have a science theme and they they talk about their new hey, new products yeah. for us you mean the world isn't flat what i thought it was <laughs> and with that thanks everybody